Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm bringing to you today episode number 29, Beauty is Being Human with Charlotte Alexander. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to share with you all that when I recorded this podcast a few months ago, for some reason my voice just sounded weird. I think it was hoarse from yelling or screaming. I don't know what I was doing that day, but it recorded my voice literally two octaves below normal. So it sounds so bizarre, so weird. So if you listen to this episode, don't be put off by my voice. It just doesn't really sound like me, but it totally is me. I promise you. Regardless, this is a really great episode. I think many of you who are listening will really enjoy this. Um, Charlotte is wonderful and I loved chatting with her. I probably could have chatted with her forever. I especially love chatting with my yogis. Um, They just bring this um, great energy. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. And I want to share with you a little bit about Charlotte Alexander. She is an epileptic who found yoga at age 17 thanks to her grandmother. Yoga is medicine for her and has provided for her undeniable mental and emotional relief from the unknowing and depression. She's a 12-year veteran 500 ERYT, so it's yoga teacher, specializing in performance sports, restorative yoga, and yoga wall. She is the retired studio owner of Omegrown Yoga in College Station, Texas. She is the mom of two, mom of autism, and director of the Omegrown Yoga Studio. You can find her all over. She is on omegrowncollective.com, charlottealexander.com, and Instagram at beautyisbeinghuman. You can also find her on Facebook at omegrownyoga. So I will list all those things where you can find her on my show notes and on the blog. As always, remember to please leave a rating and review on iTunes if you get a chance. Tune in every week for new episodes and um, I'll bring back some solo episodes as well. I hope you all stay safe and stay healthy. And if you do have kids who are getting ready to go back to school online or in person, please remember we will all get through this together and, um, you know, things will look a lot different this school year, but our, our kids are resilient little beings. And so they'll all be fine and we will all be fine as well. So I will see you or hear from you next week and take care. All right. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. I'm here today with Charlotte Alexander. Actually, a funny story. I was in Corpus Christi earlier on this year doing a talk on integrative medicine. And one of the attendees came up to me after my talk and we chatted a little bit because I, during the talk, I said I I was a yogi and um, she, she talked to me about this yoga wall studio 
um, and, and Charlotte. And so Charlotte and I connected over, I think she sent me a message through my website mm-hmm. and, and I was very excited to have her come on the podcast today to share with us her personal health and wellness journey. So welcome Charlotte. How are you? Thank you. I'm well, how are you? Good. Thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal health and wellness journey, what it means to you? Um, so words that I live by is, uh, beauty is being human and I encourage it with my students as well. And the whole concept is you're just already beautiful as a human being and being a human being means yes, there's imperfections, but see past those and it's still beautiful. Um, and I feel yoga has been a wonderful tool to be able to help anybody, no matter their background, as long as they have skin and bones and muscles at work. Um, it can it can work for anybody. Um, and for me, I was really lucky growing up in Central Texas. My uh, grandmother, I'm 35 now. My grandmother, when I was 16, she read in the Houston Chronicle that dep- uh, yoga could help with depression. Um, and I grew up in a very traumatic home, divorced family, very abusive stepdad, and all those things. And um, so my depression, I feel, was trauma induced. Um, and that just really led me down into my very deep, dark hole. Um, I still deal with it, but my grandmother very much gave me permission right off the bat where most grandmothers probably wouldn't at that time in their late nineties, um, to, uh, or early two thousands that yoga can help not that it's simple or that it's going against, you know, your beliefs or anything. And so, which most people are told that in my area. And so, um, I went off and on with it, did it at the rec center in college at A&M. And then when I was diagnosed with epilepsy um, at 21, um, it really came out because I didn't realize the alcohol really triggered it. And once I turned 21, that became very excessive. And mm-hmm. so um, I was on medications. I saw my neurologist for about 14 months trying to get it all figured out. Um, but none of them, everything was just way too aggressive for me and really took a toll on my psyche. Um, made my depression worse. And then it got to where, well, let's do a pill for this to fix this side effect and so forth. And I was up to at age 22, I was on like five different medications. And so just for a little seizure, which the more yoga I practiced and I kept on, that was the only thing that made my nerves feel okay. And they didn't feel fuzzy. I, that's something with my seizures I can feel when they're going to come on. Um, everything underneath the skin, the best way I can phrase it is there's just kind of a dull fuzzy feeling. And so didn't feel like that in yoga when I lived in Clemson and when I was diagnosed with everything. And um, it just quickly showed me in yoga that there's things I can do and I can empower myself to do things, not using those words because empower wasn't one of those cloud words at the time, but I did feel I could have more control over the situation than just blindly trusting the physicians. And so um, as I started learning the body, my body more, um, I started to wean myself off the meds because I started digging into Ayurveda. Once you find the rabbit hole, the right rabbit hole, it'll just keep on taking you on down. And that seemed like a better idea to me than continuing on with medication and pharmaceuticals. And so that was when I was 21 at 22 and I'm 35. So I've been unmedicated for my seizures ever since I have been on an antidepressant for the last two years, which I think is wonderful and long-term temporary, but won't be forever. Um, and then I just saw how much yoga could help people. And I didn't have, um, I didn't have, um, I didn't have a degree because of the abuse in home. I dropped out of college after my junior year and moved out of state to get away from it. Um, and so it's like, what can I do? 
to make a living. And I know this is the first thing that's energized me my whole life. And so I found a training down at Lex Gillen in Houston. Everybody's learned from him at some point. <laughs> and that just got it going. And then I started studying more in yoga therapy with Joseph LePage, um, working at Lifetime. They were in the early stages of offering that continuing education for yoga teachers right before the Life Power program really took off. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really gifted in a lot of different ways. And the whole idea with yoga studios still at the time were running those nice big workshops and you could get educated in just, you know, a couple of hours. And it was just a really cool scene to be a part of before the Instagram world took over of what yoga is now. And so I got that as a treat. Um, and then when I moved back to my hometown with my family, I mean, I always knew once I got certified, I'm like, we'll have a studio in downtown Bryan and where I grew up in College Station, that's their twin city. And we did that. We didn't think it'd happen until our forties, but uh, my partner and I, he helped pay for my certification and I knew that's what I wanted to do and taught at studios and gyms for the longest time in Houston, which was the best thing for anybody who's teaching just to get experience and work with people and learn, you know, work out your own kinks. There's less pressure at gym settings with yoga than there are at studios. And I think there's a freedom for that, for newbies to kind of find their feet and, um, when I moved back to College Station, the opportunity presented itself within a year's time of um, opening my own space. And we, three and a half years into it, very successful, we brought in the yoga wall because I've always wanted to work with it more in detail. I always took other yoga teachers' take on it, but I never learned from the actual person. So I wanted to do that. And the studio just forced me to be creative. And unfortunately, my actual personal practice took a big turn um, in a different way. But we had to move out three years into owning that studio because the building was taken over and it was a hundred year old building and there was so much construction that had to be done to it. And unfortunately, our line of work requires a lot of silence <laughs> and that wasn't really possible. So we, we moved to an orthopedic office um, and we are in our second studio now, but with all the COVID and everything, it's, we just never really recovered from the first uh, closure. And so mm -hmm. this has just kind of been something where life's like you got to pivot again so we um through owning the first studio with wall is what opened me up to the athletes it actually got the head football coach's wife in to see me she's my most adventurous client and anything new that she sees she wants to try it all and um, she gave me a call and wanted to learn what the yoga wall was about and within a year and a half's time she was bringing some football players in to see me and then working with her husband. And now one of those football players, it's his house that I'm at right now. Um, so it's cool how life just serves it up and learning how to deal with athletes and meeting them where they are with this yoga, especially football players and that contact sports. So I've been studying with Gwen Lawrence out of New York. She was the New York Giants yoga teacher for 15 years. She worked with Tom Coughlin. She is, uh, has a relationship with Phil Jackson. Um, it's, uh, she, I mean, she's very, um, she just very much teaches you how to meet the athlete where they are. And so that's just been, it's just been, I want to say just a whole journey of education in different ways and just seeing what life throws at you and how can you dig into that and learn as much as you can to be as competent as you can. What a journey. And I yeah. definitely want to um, have you talk a little bit more about the yoga wall, just because I think uh, many people, and it's new to me, I just found out about it within the last year or so. Okay. Um, but I kind of want to go back to, to what you're talking about kind of in the 
in the very beginning of your journey, when you said that you grew up in an abusive house and you really, that's where you found yoga and you were able to come off of the medications for epilepsy, really digging deep and diving into this, this personal journey with yoga. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what, would, what that was like for you during that time? Yeah. So I think a big part with the epilepsy, I just didn't realize it was so stressed induced. It was mm-hmm. the level of stress that I had dealt with just starting at age seven with the divorce affair, pedophile of a stepdad. He was a, my first time to be thrown into the wall. I was 10. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I wasn't taught peace and quiet and being mindful. You know what I mean? I was taught, shut up. You don't get to have feelings, fake it till you make it type of attitude. Mm-hmm. And Anybody who knows me, naturally, that's just not how I'm wired. I wear my feelings on my sleeves. Mm-hmm. I'm a truth speaker. I don't know how else to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so when I got diagnosed um, and I dealt with depression and I was very suicidal, um, I've attempted suicide five times. Um, mm-hmm. The depression is just a big chemical imbalance, I feel. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. It does run in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just that whole unknown, why is this happening? Why all of a sudden? And then why aren't the meds working? And then I didn't like how you need to wait six to eight weeks to see if these medications right. are taking any type of effect. And so me just naturally being an impatient person, I don't like to wait for other things to get done. I need to do them myself. That's just how I am. And just in my work, it's like, I like to do teamwork stuff, but I am very much going to be somebody who carries my own weight in that process. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm somebody who believes in using the entire Buffalo. And so about 14 months into being medicated and figuring it all out, I was still out of state at going to school in Clemson and, um, the Medicaid, the Depakote that he had put me on, we were trying just different things that would fit. And he was really trying. I really think he was trying to help me. I never think that he, I did not feel like he was just throwing stuff on me because it was a money game. I really think he was trying to figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, It just internally, because I think I was already learning to dial in because of the yoga, Mm -hmm. um, I was able to dial in and really even just from an abusive home, those of us with that trauma, self-confidence is already a struggle. Mm -hmm. Feeling worth, feeling you have anything of value to contribute to anything is already just ingrained in you that you have nothing to offer. And so um, this was just a very real experience for me. And like in meditation, we're taught, it's just a matter of watching the mind and start to see habits and how do you feel with these habits and the stuff that's not comfortable. Soon you're going to get so uncomfortable, you're going to want to change something, you know, and um, that's how people get to you can only fix yourself when you are ready to fix yourself. And I got to that point at about 14 months in where it's just like, I have faith in myself that I, I, can, I can look at the foods I eat. I can stop drinking. I can go to bed at a good time and I can watch what I read, watch what I watch, watch who I put myself around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the energy at all those different layers when it comes to the koshas, you know, and with the koshas, I didn't learn about the kosha system until three years into yoga, teaching yoga, because a lot of the trainings don't cover those type of aspects. It's all asana. And the reason why yoga worked for me, it wasn't the asana. It was all the internal stuff that was going on, all the subtle levels of all of it. And so that made sense to me. And um, I feel that makes sense because it's the natural order of so many things. And um, 
So doing that, that just made, and I still, I will still check in with my neurologist. Like when I had to have my kids, I wanted a natural home birth, but I respected the laws of Western medicine. I was considered a high risk patient, even though I haven't been medicated in years and my seizures are under hand, under control. I totally get how that level of stress. We have no idea if my seizures will come out during that, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, I went to Texas, uh, not Texas women's. I went to, um, the Texas Children's Women's Center. It had just opened in like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I was going. Carla Ortiz was my uh, doctor. She was amazing. And um, she let me go natural. She honored my birth plan. Um, I ended up doing an epidural. God bless it. I would do an epidural every day. Um, <laughs> with how anxious I am on medications, that's something. Do not say no. Um, it's not an it's evil thing. I, I've placed not. many epidurals. <laughs> I tucked my tail like a boss. I was ready for it. Um, but no, I, that's something with doulas. They kind of roll their eyes at me and midwives because it's, and I work with a few of them, but I, but I mean, I swear by the epidural. I think they're just wonderful. Mm-hmm. My second child, I wanted it the moment I walked in, like right now, right now. <laughs> so that's a very comfortable birthing process. So yes. we anesthesiologists really appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I tell everybody it is a gift and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. And I just know reading and taking the doulas and midwives word for it. When I was prenatal certified, that was something I had to audit a Lamaze and a Bradley method class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see both sides of the equation. And of course, unfortunately, a lot of midwives, a lot of doulas, they go off of that 5% fear of all the bad things that can happen, you mm-hmm. know, in a birthing situation and they inflame it in such a huge degree. And it's so unfortunate um, I am, I try to be someone who plays devil's advocate as much as I believe in natural remedies in those moments, no one can compare, can prepare the young moms for that stuff. And especially now with their fertility issues, that, that's becoming much more common, um, anything to help her feel comfortable and let her body do what it needs to do in the best mm-hmm. way is what's most important. I'm not worried about putting fear into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I'm saddened to see that from so many people because even clients will come in and want to rant about their Western medicine doctor. And it's like, I still think they have so much to offer us. They don't, they still get to have a voice. I'm sorry, your experience was bad, but I can only help you. I'm not fixing anything. I, th- that's not my lane, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, it goes, it, it's kind of the pendulum has shifted. It went from all Western medicine to all Eastern medicine or alternative medicine. And there's got to be some middle ground, which I think your journey speaks so beautifully to that aspect because, you know, the medications and, you know, the epidurals that you mentioned, those all have a place in modern Mm -hmm. medicine, but there's Mm got to be a little bit of a balance because if you're just treating a a symptom with medications and not getting to the underlying issues, you're just kind of chasing your tail. And so for you and your, in your previous, in your past, um, you know, going through your personal journey, digging deep, doing the yoga, not just for the asanas, but for, you know, more of the spiritual aspect um, I think um, that that has changed you. And I mean, I can speak mm-hmm. to that myself too. Like, um, 
you know, I, I really needed that uh, yoga, not just for the asanas, but for more of the spiritual aspect. And that's why I b- truly believe in integrative medicine, because it is a combination of both. You know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. there is a place if a person has some sort of dysfunction where they need some medications to help control it, then that's what they need. But unless they're addressing some of the underlying issues, if there's dietary imbalances or any other things that they need to address, um, then they have to do that as well. So it isn't one or the other, which I think, um, you know, we struggle with me as a physician struggles. I struggle with that with some, some people who want to just kind of discount medicine, Western medicine. So, yeah. And I hate that so much because it's, um, well, and like you said, it's not just treating the symptom, it's what's causing the symptom. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, I just feel it's society where it's just all or nothing and all the things. And like mm-hmm. you said, there's just so many layers. Um, Jody, the woman who connected you and I, who came up to you after your talk, she's somebody I made because her access to so many different research projects, I can just write her. I write her daily. Hey, I need to find any recent studies on being barefoot and earthing and those mm-hmm. things, you know? And mm-hmm. when I ask her these things, one of the first notes mentioned in the summary of those studies is we need to recognize the level of energy and everything and how energetics really make a difference and it's not just at the physical shell level mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um and I, i've kept my neurologist the nice thing is and what i really want to encourage people to do is because i me epileptics my epilepsy is unique I didn't realize I was epileptic, but I started getting these seizures when I was around 12. I just didn't know they were those seizures. I've only had two grand malls, but mm-hmm. it's because I've kept these more minor, these juvenile seizures at a lower level. And that's what, that's what's key. And that's what he told me. And I've kept him in the loop on my journey, just in the sense, so he can see it's not for everybody. I would never, I have people who come to me, my niece has epilepsy. They want to talk to you. Da, da, da. I'm like, guys, this is not a fix. That's why it's like beauty is being human. Each of us are so unique and it's worth the time investing and turning inward, which is what meditation teaches us. The asana Mm -hmm. takes our psyche to a place where we can sit and be, even if it's just for five minutes, that's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be able to turn inward and just to, and yeah, it's difficult and hard, but like in the new book Untamed that's out that all females have read hopefully by now, baby, we can do hard things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's yeah. where the growth is. That's where the let go and grow idea is. And that's where you embrace those beauties, those imperfections. And it just doesn't work for everybody. And I, I it saddens me that people come to yoga, putting that expectation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're and just a supplement. Things- Right. And, and the thing with meditation and turning inwards, which I've learned recently is that there are so many different types of meditation that you can do. And same thing with yoga. You know, I mean, some, some of even my friends, they don't want to meditate. They don't want to do yoga because they think it's boring um, and they don't know how to do it. And there are so many different types you can try. And that's what I think is the beauty of it (laughs) is because you can try whatever works for you and what works for you may not work for me, but you know, if you find something that fits and you enjoy doing it and it helps you, then, you know, you can do it. So, and there's not that so many people question that, well, it's working for me. Is this still okay? Yes, baby. That's yes. (laughs) It is. If that's working for you, it's like, there's, like you said, there's a buffet of different methods and 
we are so lucky just even today, how much information that's being put out and the studies now, I mean, you used to be able to look up yoga studies and you're using stuff from 2010 through 2008. Now we're able to find stuff 2019 dates and there's multiple studies, you know, like there's so many tools and teaching them to self inquire again. Um, That was just my natural process when I was in the yoga and doing the medication I just, when I look back, it was a natural process. Well, what mm-hmm. else can help? Cause this clearly isn't doing it. And I hate feeling like I have no control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can't control these seizures. They'll come mm-hmm. up when they come up. I try to manage as best I can. And I think that's important to, for people to start to see where those stressors are. It may not show up as epilepsy, you know what right. I mean? But it shows yeah. up in other ways. And yeah. that holds Stress everybody can manifest back. itself in so many different ways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to have you kind of share with us what the yoga wall is, how you yes. discovered it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in Houston, so I'll say I grew up with my professional career of yoga has been all in Houston. Um, I was with Nationwide Insurance working my way up the corporate ladder um, in two, 2009 to 2011 still teaching a few classes a week. And one of the things I saw during that time when I was researching, I started seeing these rope walls, the Iyengar rope wall with those two nail bolts that are out of the wall with really brutal nylon rope. Um, I've always been interested in it when I started teaching full-time after the insurance. Houston Ayurveda with Sharon Cap up in Cyprus off Kluge. She had a wall and um, another... Um, old school teacher um, up in the Willowbrook area is Akeem Fassbender and he owns Simply Yoga out of his home and he had yoga wall at the time. So I played on those systems on my own before and after classes, just being curious with it. Um, And then both of them showed me some of the things that they did. But then when I started to look up, okay, well, how much would it cost to get a yoga wall station? Because especially all new yoga teachers, you want to get all the props, all the things, Mm -hmm. all the tools. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Yoga Wall and I saw that he actually does trainings and I would want, I wanted to learn more, especially with what they showed me. I'm like, well, that's not much on how to actually use this. And I'm a literal brain. I need you to walk me through how to do the recipe and I'll do it exactly, but I got to see it first. And so when I opened the studio, so fast forward, um, four years later, when I was opening the studio, I knew that was something I wanted to do in the first year of opening was go out, study with Brian in Oregon, the creator of Wall. He is a one of the disciples, I call disciples for, for Iyengar himself. He actually managed his transportations and logistics in the 80s. Um, he's Caucasian, he's American, but he was around so many Indians in the Indian culture, he had an Indian accent. Um, <laughs> And so he was phenomenal to work with. And he, I went out there, the training was only less than $500 and it was triple that just to get out there and lodging. But it was a three day training. Um, He built his own place. He was out of Ventura forever in California and he retired up to Oregon with his wife and he was just leading yoga wall trainings out there. And so um, getting to learn from him and the safety technique of how to hold the straps with your hands when you go upside down, do this because people will fall out. Like he gave us, and his only, the training was not for yoga teachers. It was just how to use the wall. Um, And so we had PTs in there. We had pedestrians who just bought the wall, installed it, and now they want to learn how to use it. Um, I did it before I installed so I can see all the tools I would actually use. Because when you get on that website, you're kind of overwhelmed with all the things. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I went out there, did the three-day training, learned it, came back, and I literally regurgitated just how he presented it to us. I just found a flow of how each one can flow into the next. Um, and I experimented on pricing for the studio and made it a premium. It was an extra service. I only had six stations because that's really all you can manage as a newbie working with the wall, just to keep everybody safe. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And do no harm, right? Mm -hmm. That needs to be our anthem too as yoga teachers, <laughs> do no harm. And so, because um, I was a hand, headstand girl forever. Um, I forearm, the pinch of my neurosin, all of those things. But when I started doing that excessively over years, you're just like in CrossFit and any other modality, if you do it excessively, you're going to start to create wrong patterns. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you keep on thinking the joints have all this ample room to keep on expanding and growing and take it deeper into the pose. And so, and that's something he fixed my mind immediately. He wasn't, the wall is not to get deeper into poses. You know what I mean? Like it's not to help you get, take your practice deeper in that sense. The wall is really a yoga teacher for you. Like it gives you the support. It stabilizes the pelvis. It's not forcing you to have these rigid alignment. It's more so just getting your balance set so you can relax into the support and get the reach that you need. So down dogs for my clients who are overweight or have issue, carpal tunnel, fibromyalgia, um, this gives them the support where they can actually relax into poses where if you put them in the regular room, with blocks and you're, they're dependent on trying to find their balance. That just adds a whole lot more for them to do in that class. And the wall really offers safe support and structure. And it's even better than the aerial yoga because it's bolted to the wall. So you have that stability, whereas aerial yoga, you're swinging constantly. There's nothing that gets you still. So any of my clients with vertigo and meniere's, we don't take them upside down on the yoga wall, but they're able to do a healthier down dog for themselves. They aren't changing that equilibrium. They're, it's making it more accessible, making yoga, I feel more accessible to those who are really just don't wanna just do deep restorative and slow-mo gentle stuff. Mm -hmm. They wanna do stuff on their feet. They wanna establish that stability um, and start to re-engage their core and have the support to do it. And everybody comes to yoga for flexibility. And you're mm -hmm. gonna get it. And yoga is not an instantaneous thing, but yoga wall gives them that instant. Oh, I feel better. And so people who go to chiropractors, they would have to go. Some of my clients would have to go twice weekly to get adjusted. Whereas once they started getting on the wall, they only needed to get adjusted once a week because this kind of helped them let it last a little bit longer. Yoga helps. It doesn't fix. Yoga wall helps. It doesn't fix anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, to speak to, does that make sense? yeah, for sure. And I personally have not done the yoga wall. I talked to Charlotte earlier <laughs> before we recorded that my friends and I had scheduled a session for us to do a private yoga wall class, but this was right around the time that the pandemic started. So we had to postpone it. So we haven't had a date to do it yet, but hopefully we can do it soon. Um, and to speak to your point, that was actually going to be one of my questions um, as you were talking was that I've done the hammock, so aerial yoga and the hammocks. And so my question was going to be what the difference was. And so you answered that question. And personally, I've done the hammock uh, multiple times, but I get super nauseous <laughs> just going upside down and swing. So definitely, I think that would be the benefit of doing something like the wall where you can get the benefits of being inverted without having that swing motion and having that support. 
And my other point was, um, I did do restorative yoga certification with Melissa Smith, who's amazing. Yes. And I've done, I've done some restorative yoga workshops before I've taught them before for people who do have some pain. And that is, that was one of the issues was that if they have back pain or knee pain, even with a lot of props, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be uncomfortable and then staying in that pose for five to seven minutes can be uncomfortable too, which I, I do believe in restorative yoga. I think it's wonderful, but to have that option of having the wall for that little extra support so that they can stay in a pose a little bit longer, um, sounds super beneficial. Well, and I've even seen some studios, um, even call wall like an active restorative or a level Mm -hmm. two restorative, Mm -hmm. you know, because you do get to relax into it. Once the wall has you and you build up trust with it and it doesn't take long, as long as you have it, it, you really people, their second impression of it, it's almost like restorative yoga. Your first time to go to a real true restorative yoga, the Mm -hmm. whole time you're kind of anticipating what's next. You don't fully get to relax into it, but as you get used to it, you relax into it more and walls the same way. Um, because yeah, so many, I'm amazed how popular aerial, aerial yoga is. Cause I get more people who say they prefer wall mm-hmm. because of getting nauseous or they're getting headaches or they just don't feel that great afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel it's playful, but I definitely don't like, I think it should just be hammock classes and not loop it into with yoga. I have a big mm-hmm. issue with doing like goat yoga, all that stuff. I have a personal oh. Conflicting, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like those of us who are purists and we see yeah. this as a real tactile, this this should be support this should be additional support on that pad when doctors write the prescriptions. You right. know, in addition to when you take your meds, take it with food. When you take your meds, take it with you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, this needs to be a supplement in the support system and the greater integrative approach to the body, you know, and I think wall, wall has just allowed that. I mean, some of my women who have had breast cancer and they have that scar tissue, the side bends, some of them will stay in it forever. Clients with scoliosis, they are, they have that ability and the wall gives you that chance to, it's not, you're bolted in and the strap doesn't have any wiggle room. They've made the mechanics of the wall, the functionality of it, it's so functional. It is so Iyengar method in that sense of don't offer poses if there's not a function for it in the practice. Don't mm-hmm. just throw crap. In, you know what I mean? Use it because you have a use for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen clients with scoliosis. It's like, they're like, just leave me here. I'm like, that's fine. You do whatever you need to do, babe. Like they're just like, and they're able to turn and get a certain reach because people, they don't realize there's that second layer. It's not just the bend in the back, but there's also that rotation, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of and that's not brought up. And unfortunately, when you Google what's good for scoliosis, what can I do for scoliosis at home? One of the first things is yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hate that broad stroke because <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, I have it's patients. not a beacon class, you know, it's not a beacon yeah. class. And yoga, yeah, yoga is, there's so many different types of yoga. And I get asked that a lot from, from my chronic pain patients as well. Like, what can I do at home? And it's hard because I tell them, you know, I would love for you to do some yoga at home, but there are so many different types of yoga. And while you could put on a video and watch and do, do it as you watch the video, um, right. you know, there's nobody there to watch your form to make sure you're not actually hurting yourself because I've personally, I don't know about you, Charlotte, but I've hurt myself in yoga. <laughs> Um, and I've done it for a long time. Um, Well, and yoga shouldn't hurt and yoga shouldn't hurt, you know, like that's also like no pain means no pain, 
you know what I mean? Like that's such an uphill battle. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, Charlotte, it's been so lovely to chat with you. We are running out of time. I do want to give you an opportunity to share with us um, what's coming up next for you and also how people can reach you. Yeah. So um, what's coming up next is I'm actually filming uh, yoga wall um, training, a kit, um, a bundle where uh, the manual will be available PDF or in print. And then um, I'm being pretty thorough thanks to my aerial training, how they did their um, training system online. I'm doing something very similar so people can look up something just for their shoulders. Um, I'm tweaking the online yoga con- yoga wall content to be, you can't find it anywhere, first of all. And so I'm really trying to see the holes and what I can offer people to do on their own. Um, and then I'm, we're, so um, that's going to be our online training courses. That's under homegrowncollective.com. Um, and then charlottealexander.com is going to be where athletes and teachers can reach me, me mentoring. Um, I'm working with a lot of young up and coming 200 hour teachers who are ready for a little more application and starting to broaden their, um, their knowledge. And so I'll be available in that sense. Uh, running this studio has made it to where I feel very led and drawn to um, just evolve into being able to teach other teachers how to teach. I would like to be a support in the yoga community and how we can create better, more integrity in our craft. And um, you can find me on, on Instagram as beauty is being human. Um, and then we have, I'm on Insight Timer, that meditation app under Charlotte Alexander. Oh, um, you can find my station. <laughs> oh, you are too. Okay, yes. No, we're, um, I'm finishing the recordings right now and that will be launching uh, by the end of June. So everything will be up and running by mid July before our move. And I'm in Houston and I'm around and piddling and I'll be popping in to all sorts of places and just getting a good, enjoying a town that nobody knows me. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I, you officially know me, although we haven't met in person yet. So, um, before we recorded, Charlotte did mention that she will be moving to Houston next month. So, hopefully can meet you in person. And once things settle down a little bit, and um, I don't know if you're aware, Charlotte, but um, we were supposed to have a women's conference and that was how this podcast originally started. And so that's been postponed. Hopefully we can do it sometime this fall. I'm not sure really when, but would love to have you be a part of it. And looking, <laughs> looking forward to officially meeting you in person. Charlotte will actually not be too far from where I am. So it'll be fun to um, be able to get together in person. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you again, Charlotte, for taking your time out to share your journey uh, with us today. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you, ma'am. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.